Welcome to the Retail Politics Podcast. Well, there's not enough hand sanitizer for candidates to shake, let alone kiss voter babies. In this COVID election, we're redefining retail politics to reach every American citizen one download at a time. On this show, we'll speak with politicians, academics, and reporters on the front lines of American politics to help you choose best how your government should function. Today, we will be talking about the politics of Pennsylvania with former longtime political editor for the Morning Call newspaper in Allentown, Pennsylvania, Pete Leffler. Hello, Pete. Hey, Jerry. How you doing, man? How you doing? It's good to hear hear you, my friend. Um, I don't think of anyone who knows Pennsylvania politics better than you, not because you were a political reporter, not because you were the Washington correspondent, but because you were born in Pottsville, the home of Yingling Beer, the oldest brewery in the nation. Got that going for me. (laughs) I think you I think you were all weaned on that as babies way before it got national. We used to drink that stuff. So anyway, let's get into it. Politics of Pennsylvania. Donald Trump won the 20 electoral votes in the state in 2016 by less than 1%, but that was enough to take him over to 270 electoral votes that he needed to become become president. Uh, Why did he do so well in Pennsylvania four years ago? Well, he was able to tap into um, a lot of uh, voters who have been turned off for a long time by both parties, people who... um, in a global economy have kind of lost their way and are looking for help. And um, he reached out to them. So, um, you know, by historical standards, uh, and that's why people projected he would lose, uh, it shouldn't have gone the way it did. But he was able to boost the margins in lots of rural areas in Pennsylvania, a a lot of them among a lot of um, non-college educated white folks. Um, much more than past races. And so that's that was the margin, I would say. I think it was uh, Bill Clinton's strategist, James Carville, who gave the greatest uh, definition of Pennsylvania politics. He said it's Philadelphia on the east, Pittsburgh on the west and Alabama in the middle. So talk, talk about what he meant by that. Yeah. And Trump certainly tapped into Alabama. Um, you know, like I said, um, a lot of uh, small manufacturing, you know, go back a couple of decades, it was a lot of manufacturing, small manufacturing. With the global economy, a lot of that stuff's gone bye-bye and people just don't know where to go. It's, you know, people, a lot of younger folks like myself, um, I left Schuylkill County. I moved to down in the Philly area and then because of family up Allentown, a little bit closer, but still I'm outside. My sister's outside the county and that's happening all over. So, you know, it's depressing when you drive through some of these places. It's really hard scrabble and people need a place to turn. So Trump was able to tap into kind of that anger. And also, um, you know, a lot of people were just pissed off with the dysfunction in Washington. It's been going on for so long. And uh, like a cousin of mine, he's a, he's a car mechanic. And he said, I just want to hire a, a bomb thrower. I want to hire somebody to blow it up and start over. You know, and Trump, uh, he, he's got tons of money. He's a businessman. He's a calls himself a deal maker. People saw him as maybe a fresh, you know, a, a, a fresh chance, a, a way to change Washington and for better or worse, but change it. 
Yeah, and Allentown is is known, of course, for the the big Billy Joel song, and he talked about the decline of the labor unions there. And a lot of people feel that decline has left those workers you're talking about, the steel workers, the former steel workers, uh, the f- former truck manufacturers, it has left them without a voice. And um, what do you think has changed four years later? Some of the polls showing that Trump, who won the suburbs of Philly uh, pretty handily, in 2016 is down by about five, six points to Biden. What do you think has changed these four years? Well, for one thing, he's uh, he has a, a record to, to run on now. You know, he came in before as a non-politician, kind of a clean slate. Um, people might have liked him because of the way he handled The Apprentice Show. And that's about all they knew about the guy. But now they know a lot more. They know he, he promised a lot of things that haven't happened. And, uh, you know, it's obviously it's been a roller coaster ride in Washington. And so he has to deal with that. Um, so it comes down to, um, well, one of the things it comes down to are those suburban, you know, college educated, especially women. There's a huge gap between him and Biden and women. You know, are they going to come out? Because um, four years ago, our pollster was saying, well, yeah, Trump's uh, in the heartland in so-called Alabama. Trump, uh, you can feel the energy for Trump there. But the big numbers of people are around Philly, the suburbs of Philly, around you know, Pittsburgh, Allegheny County. And if they come out like they normally would um, in the margins, they normally would, you know, Trump will lose. Well, they came out in decent numbers, but like, again, the, the, the Alabama part came out in much bigger numbers four years ago. So. And the other thing that you were saying before uh, one time we talked was that the COVID issue has played big in Pennsylvania. The seniors who are probably right. the most active voters out there, uh, they're yeah. the ones affected most by this COVID uh, disease. And um, it seems like they're saying, hey, this guy didn't manage this as well as he should have. Did, do you get that feeling out there? Oh, definitely. And that's part of, again, ha- that's probably exhibit A in terms of having a track record he has to defend now, you know, for better or worse. And so on COVID, um, you know, Trump, Trump's all about um, uh, disruption and changing the channel every, every five seconds, especially when things uh, get hot with him. But COVID, um, unlike any other thing, I would say, is something that people follow day in, in and day out. And so the disruption, the chaos theory politics doesn't work so well. You know, if you're saying one day, yeah, this is nothing to worry about and, you know, Months later, a book pops up where you're on tape saying, actually, it's fatal. People are paying more attention. And because of the, the way it, um, it's the, bio, the biology of it, the medicine of it, um, older people are more vulnerable. So I would follow the older people are paying more attention, closer attention to it. It's kind of interesting. We call this show retail politics. And in the past, retail politics was hanging signs, knocking on doors, standing in traffic, holding things up, holding placards up. And uh, that's kind of gone by the wayside. A lot of social media, a lot of robocalls. But in Pennsylvania, it's still pretty hot and heavy in this race. People are having lawn signs. There's calls to voters. They're standing in traffic. And, and, and the wild thing is they're ripping signs down. They're stealing signs. I mean, it's just like an old Donnybrook out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, um, I've been doing uh, enumerating. For, I've been going around with, for the census, knocking on doors, uh, trying to get the people who still haven't, uh, you know, filled in the fill out the questionnaire to do so. So I'm, I've been seeing a lot of places over the last six, eight weeks, and uh, some places it's really impressive. There are tons, like almost every house has a yard sign, and they're not all. Um, it, it, and the split, you know, you can see the split. You can actually see the split, and. Um, 
as a census person, I'm not going to engage in politics with people, but you can tell there's a lot of tension out there. There's a lot of, you know, uh, head scratching uh, going on. It's kind of, it, it's fun to see. I, I, I'm enjoying seeing the signs and the conversations, you know, among family, friends, everybody, you know, it's, it kind of, it, it doesn't quite get heated right away, but you can tell people are paying a lot of attention. Yeah, someone described it as a Hatfield-McCoy electorate. And man, I, I'm seeing that out there. And you're seeing it with like those conversations you're talking about. The the uh, debate the other night, one of the big issues was African-Americans and whether Trump would uh, say he's uh, not supporting white supremacists. And uh, in Philly, the African-American vote came out at about 60% for Hillary Clinton in 2016. And they're saying that um, Biden will need at least 65%. Philly's been a real hot uh, racial tension town since the George Floyd issue. Uh, what do you see happening with African-Americans in the state? Yeah, it's um, that that's, you know, they're traditionally obviously a democratic constituency. Um, the, uh, the way statewide politics typically run are big numbers come out of Philly and Pittsburgh and that counterbalances the Alabama in the middle. So part of the big numbers that need to come out for uh, Joe Biden are um, African-Americans. I, I, I think he does pretty well with them. Um, he has done pretty well with them. Certainly, uh, you know, being within the white house with Obama for eight years didn't hurt. Um, but you know, you've heard that we've heard that Biden's not really, lighten anybody on fire uh, for whatever reason. And I've heard, you know, nationally, um, more so than locally, uh, African-American leaders saying, well, you know, yeah, he's, 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 uh, you know, he's, he's coming up a little bit short. So I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out because um, I'm not following that that closely, but um but I, I would think it's that a race issue. is a race is a big issue in Pennsylvania because some of those red um, suburban uh, counties are 98 percent white. So it, it is coming down to almost not not totally. But I mean, the white black uh, tension is going to be there in, in this race. And I think Pennsylvania really kind of serves as a microcosm for the whole country, because uh, this seems to be the um, these are the kind of issues that we're all facing across the country. Yeah. Part of the. Um the, you know, the ch people being concerned about um, the economy and, and change in their lives generally is they're concerned about, um, you know, minorities coming into their communities. They're, they're worried about change in general. A big part of that change in a lot of places like Luzerne County um, um, is minorities, uh, Latinos or others of color. And Trump, uh, I think, is playing into that fear, that, that kind of natural change fear by making as much hay as he can out of the, uh, the, you know, the riots that are uh, in some cases, in some places accompanying things like the, the big uh, black lives matter rallies, other rallies, you know, um, and um, that's getting a lot of attention. I think, in fact, um, he seems, Trump seems to be um, making some headway on, uh, I guess it boils down to kind of scaring people about uh, that kind of stuff. And, you know, one of the ways he puts it out there, the president is, uh, you know, when Biden's crew gets in, the, the suburbs are going to radically change and it won't be safe anymore.
Right. He talks about low income housing coming into the burbs and and that's right. something. And, and that's the uh, that's the fear factor there. And but does Biden I guess Biden does have some trouble with the whole law and order issue. Uh, Trump hit him pretty uh, hard the other night and, and then telling him, hey, give me a law enforcement agency that backs you. And Biden couldn't do it. Um, right. And and that kind of will come down to uh, a big uh, focus of the of the Trump Biden race in Pennsylvania. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I mean, law and order, again, traditionally, I'd say it's people, um, Republicans kind of have the edge on that. And uh, Biden has some sheriff backing that he didn't, uh, he forgot to mention or didn't mention um, during the debate. But um, yeah, Trump's been uh, banging away on that. And like, again, I think some the polls are showing some erosion, although the polls in Pennsylvania have been kind of bouncing around. Some have tightened and then one out the other day shows it like an eight point spread. So um, who knows right now? Bouncing now, um, Biden was a senator from Delaware for 36 years, but he was born in Pennsylvania, the working class uh, town of Scranton. How does that help him in the state if it does at all? I think it does because people know that, um, you know, you hear people jokingly refer to him as Uncle Joe. I've heard that most of my time, the 30 plus years covering politics here, you know, Uncle Joe, this, he lived up there until he was about 10. But, you know, uh, Delaware is not too far away. He was close friends with uh, late Senator Arlen Specter. They used to ride the Amtrak to Washington together. Delaware is in the Philly media market, which is a huge media market. And so, you know, people would see him uh, a bit doing that. And so, um, yeah, they can, it, it just, it gives him, um, you know, entree into, look, he's, he's one of us, he gets us, you know, so that gets him over the hurdle that somebody coming in cold who had no connection, um, would have Hillary tried to, well, Hillary played that too. I mean, she spent some time, um, up in the, above North of Scranton when she was a kid there, her family had a, a place there. Um, so you know, that, that can't hurt. That never hurts in politics. If you can uh, say, Hey, I get you. I'm, I'm one, I'm like you, I understand you. And uh, that should help Joe, uh, Mr. Biden. Uh, you know, the fracking issue is one that's kind of critical to Pennsylvania too. And fracking yep. being pulling the natural gas out of the, uh, out of the, out of the ground. And um, it's a lot of jobs in Pennsylvania. Uh, Trump is saying Biden will ban fracking. Biden saying, no, I just want it you know, not happening in federal lands. Is it something that the Pennsylvania voters are going to uh, pivot on at all? Yeah, it's very important to, uh, you know, the fracking zone is across the northern tier of the state and it goes down the western tier into a bit into the southwest. And so a lot of that covers, um, you know, some of those rural areas that the president uh, has done well in. So um, Trump's playing that up. It's it's there's a lot of money involved. I mean, legislatures in Harrisburg certainly pays a lot of attention to the industry. And so it is going to, it is an issue in a lot of places, partly because, um, the way, um, some of the money from frack, from, from fracking, uh, comes back to the counties where the fracking is done, the towns where the fracking is done, you know, and so people are seeing concrete changes to roads and whatever, where they live. And so, it's a real issue. And, and there have been a, a good amount of jobs generated. And the other benefit for Trump is it gets to uh, put Biden in a hot spot because in, within the Democratic Party, of course, you know, global warming and all that, there's a big push to um, to do more against fossil fuels. So um, Biden, he's been kind of threading it in Pennsylvania, um, which is why 
the ban on fracking, you know, he made it clear I'm not banning fracking, which is what some of the more left Democrats, national Democrats certainly want to do. Right. Boy, I think Pennsylvania had one of the most interesting uh, court decisions on this race in this election when it recently said that naked ballots would not be counted. So naked ballots and, and Pennsylvania is one of only 16 states that does it. Naked ballots is you have to have two envelopes with the ballot that you have to put the ballot in the first envelope, then put the, that envelope in a second envelope and send it in. If one of the envelopes is missing, it will not be counted. That's what the court ruled. And that is a very, very important decision because some people are saying it could cost up to 100,000 votes. And Trump only won with less than 50,000 in, uh, in 2016. Most of those ballots would be Democrats who are going to follow the whole COVID issue. Um, how do you see this playing out in this one? Well, it comes down to do, do people follow written directions? Um, if they do, it's a, it's apparently a very simple thing. I mean, but um, but you know you know how people are with um, directions. And states that have had um, voting by mail for years had a, you know growing pains for um, a, a decent amount of time before things got smooth. And in Pennsylvania, we just started, and we did it in the spring. Now this will be our second time around. But of course, the primary turnout is much less than the general turnout. It's going to be right, right. You know, tons and I, more people, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's no one, there's no one to ask. You know, if you're in, a, if you go and walk into a voting place, they say, "Do this, do this, do this." Oh, you forgot to do this, and you can sign your name. But if you're doing it at home, there's no one there to say, "Whoops, you forgot this," or "Whoops, do that." So, um, you know, people um, with. Well, I used to work the morning call in Allentown. There's a, a columnist there who's very good and very pragmatic thinking. And he says, it's just that if the people just follow directions, it should not be trouble. But um, people don't always follow directions. So. Yeah, that primary, that June primary, uh, they discounted 6.4% of the vote, the mail-in vote. And Trump, as you know, won Pennsylvania with less than 1%. But this is kind of leading to what we were seeing in the debate the other day. And that's the question, which is going to be fascinating, is what happens after the election if Trump loses? And you were in Washington for a long time. You know how the machines work down there. What do you see happening after this race if he loses? Yeah, well, it depends. Um, I don't. <laughs> it could. I mean, it could be everything from blood on the streets to a peaceful handoff of power. I think right now my gut is leaning, maybe not blood on the streets, but certainly turmoil. Um, Trump, the president, and his folks have made it very clear um, that they've been trying to um, um, cast, certainly create lots of doubt about the electoral process appear to be setting up a situation where, um, you know, they can claim fraud and, and it's going to take time. It's going to take days, perhaps or if, well, days, it's going to take days at least to, to come up with a winner. So you have, um, Trump in the, you know, he has the, uh, the podium, um, the bully pulpit, so to speak, that he can make a lot of noise in that time. And, um, We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'm, I'm concerned, very concerned. I think a lot of people are very concerned about that. Yeah, I was reading a constitutional scholar saying, you know, our laws uh, do not, you know, promise 
a peaceful trans- transition of power, but more so presuppose a pre uh, a transition or a peaceful transition of power. So um, our democracy is going to be tested, I think, my friend. If this uh, if this uh, does uh, n- not go into Trump's favor, uh, he's going to do everything he can to hold on to those pillars of the White House, um, and it's going to be fascinating to see. Um, we're, we're going to have to pull out that law. We're going to have to pull out the Constitution. We're going to have to do that thing. And he's already, I mean, he already said in a debate the other day, he was already setting it up. There, there's fraud already, and there's, he's already setting it up that he's going to challenge this thing if he loses. So, um, you know, it's going to be um, it's going to be fascinating. How do you, how how critical do you see Pennsylvania in this election? Does it does it play the same critical role that it played in uh, 2016? Yeah, I think uh, even even more so. At least the the national uh, national reporters and national political you know experts are saying um, it's even more of a you know keystone <laughs> a keystone state is even will be even more of a keystone player in this thing. Um, because all the we we've been a microcosm, we are a microcosm. We've been, and um, everything, all the elements are, are coming into play here. Um, one of the issues we have is that we are one of the I forget how many, but a few, not too many states that we, we our election officials cannot open ballots until election morning, and um, they need much they need more time. They've been saying it for a long time. They need more time to do that. But the Republicans who control the state legislature haven't given them that time. A court did give them um, more time to uh, count ballots that have come in by eight o'clock election night, you know, a couple days later. But um, that kind of plays into the whole mess of, um, you know, if, if we think the president's going to be on TV or tweeting every day, look, the election should be over by now. Um, I, I won. Why isn't this happening? That, that that's fuel on the fire of uh, what he's been kind of building. Yeah, I can remember uh, the the Bush Gore vote in in Florida in 2000, and that went 45 days before the Supreme Court uh, decided and shut down the count. Do you see this going to the Supreme Court at all? It could. I mean, I, from what I've seen, you know, some of the national stuff. It's you know they're saying it'll be you know hanging Chad times X number of states. I mean, Pennsylvania is <laughs> certainly one, but not the only one. You know, a, a couple other, a lot of other key states where it would be similar or the same situation. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to the Supreme Court. Um, Atlantic Magazine did a real big takeout two three weeks ago that kind of scared uh, scared the pants off me. But I talked to folks in Washington since, and they they don't seem as alarmed um, as that sounded, but um, I don't know. Again, I'm not convinced <laughs> it's going to go smoothly by any means. Um, it'd be fascinating to watch. Um, yeah, I know. As a reporter, we used to say history is uh, you know it's it it sounds like fun, but it's it's a pain in the ass when you're living it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching a race car, a race, a race, right? A, a car race. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you right. got those crashes. You never know what's coming up on the next <laughs> turn. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It's kind of, it's it is kind of funny that way. And uh, with the polls, it's interesting too because everybody's saying Biden's up nine, and those polls in 2016 were just so wrong. What do you what do you put into polls? What do you what do you when you see a poll something like that? What do you what do you read from it? Yeah, they, they, they've adjusted a bit. You see some of the polls say, you know, one, again, so in 2016, the, my gut was, um, hey, 
Trump's doing better than the polls are showing in Pennsylvania. And our pollster said, yes, that's how it appears, especially in the, in the center part of the county, in the state, sorry. But again, the numbers are much bigger in the Philly burbs. And those numbers come out historic, as they have historically, things will be okay. Well, again, those numbers didn't come out historically. And, and even more important, the, the mid-state numbers came out much more than they had before. So that's what blew up the polls last time. So and you, some yeah. of the new polls have a, you know, here's the number we have if it's, if the turnout is close to what is, has been the norm or some are, you know, so they're giving a range basically. Yeah. They're, they're, they're putting some insurance in there, right? Oh yeah, yeah but we said this. Um, and uh, you were, you were funny because we, we talked before you were on the desk the night that Trump was declared the winner of Pennsylvania. And there was that whole, there was that great headline, uh, you know, Dewey defeats Truman way back. And it's probably the most famous newspaper headline. And you were kind of going through that in, in 2016, weren't you? You weren't able to call who was winning. We are, yeah, yeah. We at the, at the paper uh, AP is was a, kind of our gold standard because uh, we felt they were the most um, careful. You know, others under more pressure, I guess, to to kind of put out there somebody won, somebody lost, kind of a thing. Um, but it's you know it's it's very nerve wracking, especially as deadline comes and goes, and you know the trucks are firing up downstairs, and the printer guys are getting ready to print, and you're just kind of you know pacing around the room. Um, we went through it then. We went through it back in the, the Bush Gore. You know, I think we had four or five different A1 headlines that night. We just kept putting out new A1s as things changed. So um, this time, I think it was like one thirty-five or 6 in the morning when, I, when it was clear that, Pen, that Trump had won Pennsylvania and was probably put him over the top, you know, because I fired off an email to a buddy of mine who'd been asking me over and over again what's going to happen. And I said, uh, you know, I, I gave him the news. And uh, this time, knowing that the election ballots will be counted for weeks and this thing may drag on for a month or two, uh, do you think people will be less quick uh, to predict winners? They should be. Um, I I think, yeah, I think they I think they have to be basically. I mean, but still, they'll be saying, here's what we know now. Here's what we know now. Here's what we know now. And there's a phenomenon in Pennsylvania as well as nationwide where, um, you know, certain votes come in sooner than others. And uh, they call it the, uh, the blue shift because typically you have the Republican votes in faster than Democrats votes take longer to come in from say the big cities and all that. And, um, you know, again, as that process plays out and because of the mail-in ballots and because of all the new changes and because of the pandemic is, pushing so many more people to uh, vote by mail. Um, that, that's dicey because, again, you have Trump at, with the bully pulpit of the presidency able to put out as often as he wants whatever he wants to try and make things go his way or at least help his side. Yeah. All right. Drum roll. What's your prediction for PA? Well, four years ago, my gut said Trump was going to win. My head said Clinton um, was going to win. And, of course, I was wrong. So um, I think this time, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do this time. My gut says, 
I think I'll, I'll I'll call it for Biden. I'll stick my neck out again and call it for Biden. Call well, for I think that, I think your delay pretty much sums up the whole show. I mean, this, this is, <laughs> this is going to be it. This is going to be uh, what it's everybody said. <laughs> it's a hard decision, and there's not going to be a lot of people stepping out uh, saying so either. So no, um, no, it's no. it's it's really going to be wild. It, it, Pennsylvania will be uh, one of the things. Thank you, my friend, for coming on. It's sure, good to hear fun. from you. Thanks for being a guest. And gosh, you you do know that state. We want to thank our yeah. executive producer. Mike Gugat and our producer extraordinaire, our sound wizard, Brad Maybe, who makes it all happen. And remember to always read beyond the headlines. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.